Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to a very special Easter Sunday service. I'm here with my family today, and wherever you are joining from, we're just so glad that you're with us, whether it's, as Kath mentioned before, in your home, in your car, in your bedroom. It's just so, so good to be with you. And I thought I'd start the service with our family, albeit me being that Mitch is not with us because he's in New Zealand and uh, he is online watching. And our new addition to the family, our son-in-law can't be up on stage because he's behind one of the cameras. So he's over there and doing a great job. Hi, Nat. Fantastic. But I thought it'd be great to um, just share this special moment with our family, at least at the beginning, because for me, Easter is such a very special time. And it's made so special because of some of the family moments that we've had together. And I thought it might be good if uh, you hear from some of our family about some of those incredible memories. And maybe starting with our youngest, uh, people often think that uh, BJ is not only our youngest, but our favourite child. Uh, is that true? Very much. <laughs> well, why don't you just start, uh, BJ, and uh, let everyone know one of the childhood memories that you have being in the Rainbow household, particularly at Easter time. Um, well, one of my favourite parts would have to be the Easter egg hunts. Come on, come uh, on. But these, these do come with two main challenges. Uh, one of them being having to try and find eggs before Mitch and Jordan, who I'm pretty sure ganged up on me and would try and find them all so I didn't find any. Um, <laughs> But the main one being trying to find them before our dog Tobias does. <laughs> the dog. Yeah. The dog. Never mind. But we, we got there. And you we did get there. your chocolate, didn't yes, you? You always. did. It was fun. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do that straight after the service today. Yeah. We're going to go for an Easter egg hunt. Okay. And Mitchie's not here, so that's no. good. <laughs> yes. Got uh, one, less, one less person. More chance of getting some. Fantastic. Okay. And here's Geordie, our oldest. Got a favourite memory? Yeah, um, mine's going back years ago. On Easter Monday, we used to go with a whole bunch of people from church down up to Manham, uh, up at the river, go skiing. People would just like chill. You bring your lunch, bring all your Easter eggs and just, yeah, spend the day together. It's just so fun. I remember that one time at the river where Luke Cocker almost lost his eye right. as we were getting the football out of the tree. That's and we not right. only got the football out, but one of the branches <laughs> fell, got him straight under the eye, yeah. rushed off to hospital. I remember that as a good memory. <laughs> Hi, Luke. How are you? Yeah, good morning. That's so great. Hey, um, also, I just wanted to say to Mitch, I, we didn't forget you, bud. I got your favourite <laughs> Easter bunny. In fact, I had to take it out of the suitcase because, church, we were actually flying out tonight to go visit Mitch, so I had it packed. Um, hang on, hang on. I don't know if I'll be able to save it. I don't know. We'll see. What what flavour is it? It's what? Dream. It's Mitchie's fave. Dream. It's dream chocolate. Actually, I want to change my memory. I think my memory is Mitch complaining every year that we got the wrong bunny for him. No. <laughs> Whatever year, because I'm pretty sure it's not white chocolate. He hates white chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> I know he doesn't. How can you okay. live with him for so long and still get it wrong? Mitch, I'm so sorry. But uh, we're, we're going to enjoy this on your behalf. Are you serious? That's white. Are you serious? I'm serious. Deadly. Oh, man. Oh, okay. well, I've got Mitch, it actually, Mitch actually wrote that his, one of his memories is getting a white chocolate Easter egg every year and he hates white chocolate. Well, there you go. You know, I didn't disappoint you, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> I got your drink. It's awesome. Well, you know what? Jokes aside, um, 
I think for me, my favourite memory is church. I mean, I think as a family, we've done it well. We've balanced it well. We've always had great family time with Easter. I don't feel that we've missed that element. But I I must admit there's something special about spending Easter with our church family from the Good Friday service to the celebration on Easter Sunday. I love seeing seasoned Christians have a fresh revelation of everything that Christ did for them. And I love seeing our family and friends who probably haven't heard of Jesus, haven't heard the story, come into a new relationship for me. So I just love Easter, spending it with my natural family, but also spending it with my spiritual family. And again, guys, we know that we're not in the building today. We haven't seen you physically. We're doing our best, but we love you all dearly. And we just pray that you have a great uh, day today with your family and friends. And again, remember Jesus being the reason why we're able to gather here this morning, which is great. Well, because we're together as a family, why not pray for families at home right now? Can we do that? Let's just bow our head and close our eyes just for this moment. Father, we just thank you for family. We thank you for this incredible day and what it represents. And we pray, dear God, that uh, you would not only bless family units, but we pray the truth of who you are and the truth of this season really would impact people's lives afresh. And we pray that lives would be blessed and changed for the better. We ask that right now in Jesus' name. And we pray that peace would be our portion. Joy and hope would be ours. So wherever people are listening from today, I pray that peace would touch them and reach them and that family units would be strengthened at this time in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen, Amen. amen. Well, thanks, fam. Take care. And we'll uh, see you after for an Easter egg hunt. How's that sound? Sound good, BJ? Excellent. Thumbs up. Fantastic. Well, uh, as I've mentioned before, Easter is a special time and uh, all those memories I concur with. And uh, sorry, Mitch, for the uh, white Easter bunny, but I'm sure, I'm sure we're going to enjoy it on your behalf. But uh, for me, like Kath, one of my incredible memories has to be being in church and reflecting and remembering on the incredible life, death, burial, and most important, resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the resurrection is crucial to Easter. John chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus speaking says, I am the resurrection, I am the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. You see, church, the resurrection is pivotal to all of Jesus' claims. You know, without the resurrection, our faith is pointless. And the question today that I want to quickly look at is this, is the resurrection story true or false? One thing I know for sure, it cannot be both true and false. You see, if it's false, we need to throw it out. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 17 says, if Christ has not been raised, our faith is futile and you are still in your sins. But if it's true... It's the most important event in history. It changes everything. And the question is, which one is more probable? There are a few theories out there. And uh, last Easter, uh, I shared a number of those theories and you can go uh, into our archives and have a listen to them. But but one of my favourite theories is that the disciples were hallucinating. The trouble is with that theory is that in six weeks that Jesus walked on the earth after His Resurrection and before his ascension, he was seen by over 550 people on 11 different occasions, and he was seen by believers and unbelievers. 
And here's the thought, even if they were hallucinating, why not just go to the gravesite and produce the body and dismiss these claims? No, there's incredible truth to the resurrection. In actual fact, Lord Darling, a former Chief Justice said this, in its favour as living truth, there exists such an overwhelming evidence, positive and negative, factual and circumstantial, that no intelligent jury in the world could fail to bring in a verdict that the resurrection story is in fact true. The evidence is clearly in favour of the resurrection being true. And this is good news. This is a game changer. You see, the resurrection is proof that first, Jesus is who He claimed to be. Jesus made some very bold claims. And these claims either make Him a, the Lord, a liar or a lunatic. You can't say the things that Jesus said and put Him in the category of a good teacher. He said, I am God. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. A good person would not say that if it were not true. That would put him in the liar category. And if he was delusional, that would put him in the lunatic category. But if it was true, it would make him Lord. The Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, they didn't like this. And so they challenged Jesus to prove his claims. And Jesus' response is, I I will. What's gonna happen is you're gonna kill me and I'll rise again. In other words, he quoted the great theologian Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'll be back. And uh, that's exactly what happened. Secondly, it proves that Jesus had the power He claimed He had. You see, because He was God, He could do everything that God could do. And no religious leader or government had the power to stop Him. They arrested Him, they mocked Him, They flogged Him, they crucified Him, they killed Him, they placed Him in a tomb. They put soldiers around that tomb to guard it. And yet on the third day, Jesus rose again, shaking off death as you and I would shake off a fly, proving that you cannot keep a good man down. This is good news, church. Not only that, but it also proves that Jesus does what He says He'll do. See, the cross was no surprise to Jesus. After His resurrection, He said, I'm back. In other words, I told you so. And this is proof that Jesus' words can indeed be trusted. So what does that mean for us today? And how does that help us today? I wonder if we could open our Bibles today and turn to the book of Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Paul is the author and he's writing to a church. And this letter was read to many other churches and we're reading from it today. Verse 14 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says this, We know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with Him to Himself. All this, Paul says, is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, get this, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory which far outweighs them all. And so we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. 
since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Church, what does the resurrection mean? Well, get this, it's good news. It means that we can receive grace over guilt. And not just any grace. I'm talking about amazing grace. It's a confident grace. Paul says to the Corinthians, we know, we know this is not wishful thinking. This is not a vain hope. This is an absolute knowing. It's an absolute confidence. It's a, we know like we know like we know. And Paul identifies the source of this confidence. He says, we know and we have a confidence. Why? Because Jesus Christ Himself rose from the dead. And the good news is, Paul goes on to say, that all this is for your sake as it is for mine. In other words, His life, His death, His burial and most importantly, His resurrection all have a purpose and we are the beneficiaries of this incredible purpose. The good news is we can now have our past forgiven. No matter what it is that we've done, no matter what it is that we've been involved in, Paul is saying your past can be forgiven. Why was Paul so confident? Well, he was confident in his life, Jesus' life, not his own. You see, Paul knew what it was to persecute the church. Paul put Christians to death. He had a very shady past, but he found forgiveness from his past because of the grace of God and the power of the resurrection. I don't know what's in your past. I don't know what you've experienced. I've had some things in my past that I'm not proud of. I've shared some of them with you over the years. When I was 12 years of age, I got caught shoplifting and I felt the shame. But I thank God that Jesus has forgiven me of that moment. Many years later, I lost my call. I got very angry at Bondi Beach one year. And to my shame, I acted like an immature, spoiled child. I'm just so grateful that Bondi Rescue were not filming that day. Thank God for that. And even again, I just think even, even yesterday, on my wife's birthday, happy birthday, honey. Kat turned 51 yesterday. I know I shouldn't mention the age, but she just looks incredible for her age and she's an incredible mum and I love her to bits. And, and, and I wanna do my best to bless her, knowing that we couldn't do what we would normally do on a birthday and that is go out for breakfast and do all those things. So I thought, you know what? I'm gonna be the good husband and I'm gonna, I'm gonna cook pancakes for her. I, I thought I would do that. And, and uh, I obviously got the wrong pan because this pan was not working for me. Normally, I, I make the best pancakes. I really do. I make great pancakes, I promise you. But yesterday, everything went wrong for me and, I, and I, I, I found the first one sticking to the pan and then I quickly threw it in the bin and, and, and had to rewash the pan. So I tried again and I sprayed it with oil and my second go was just as bad as the first. And I found myself getting angrier and angrier. And then and I had one more try and on the third, that went into the bin and then the pan went into the bin. And, and, and I, I, to my shame, I, I, I wasn't as dignified as I should have been. And, and Kat just got up and, and took BJ to McDonald's and she bought her own pancakes. Ah, not a great moment of mine. But I thank God as I apologise to her and as I apologise to Jesus, I find forgiveness 
of the things that I've done. And he remembers those things no more. So I don't know what's in your past, but the good news is because of this resurrection life, because of what Jesus Christ achieved on the cross, we can have our past sins forgiven and we can have a confident grace. Don't throw away your confidence. I know we're facing some uncertain times, but church, rise up and don't throw away your confidence at this time. Not only is it a confident grace, but Paul says in verse 15 that it's an inclusive grace. Paul says, I pray that His grace would reach more and more people. You see, this grace is not for the elect few, it's for everyone, everywhere. Thank God that there are no such thing as first class Christians. Thank God there's not a first class and an economy class. No, God's grace extends right to the very back of the plane. Isn't that good news? He says, Paul says, it's, it's for you, Corinthians. And I'm here to tell you today, it's for you, Adelaideans. It's for you, Golden Grovians or Parahillians or Elizabethans. This grace is for you. And it's for those not only who have a past, but it's for those who struggle with the present. You see, the Corinthians were a far from perfect church, much like Victory Church, much like every church. We're certainly not perfect, but the good news is we serve one who is perfect. The Corinthians certainly had their problems. They were taking one another to court. They were arguing about who's the best leader. Who's the best leader? Is it Tony? Is it Dan? Is it Pastor Ash? Who's the best leader? And Paul's saying, this, this should not be. They were getting drunk. Get this, this is, this is, this is, this is mind-blowing. They were getting drunk at the communion table. They were eating and drinking too much and leaving church in a drunken state. And not only that, there was one young man who was found guilty of sleeping with his mother-in-law. I mean, this is a far from perfect church. And it was to this church that Paul wrote these words, that this grace is inclusive and it's for you in your present struggles. And Paul wrote to the Corinthians to say, hey, don't let your present struggles rob you of the confident grace and the inclusive grace. It extends to you, Corinthians. And I wanna say to everyone listening online today and watching, it includes you. His grace extends to you. Wherever you may be this morning, whatever device you may be on, God's grace extends to you. It's a confident grace and it's an inclusive grace. And then Paul goes on to say, not only is it these things, but it's an eternal grace. He says in verse 16, though outwardly we're wasting away. Church, everything in this life is wearing out. This body of mine, while I do my best to look after it, it's not what it used to be. Our careers wear out. Our cars wear out. I remember the very first car I ever bought. I had it for five and a half years and by the time I sold it, it was, it was pretty much a rust bucket and now I'm pretty sure it ended up on the scrap heap and doesn't even exist anymore. Homes are wearing out. 
We built a brand new home only seven years ago, but already I'm having to give it some change and, and, and put some fresh paint on it and fix some cracks. Everything in this life is wearing out. We have an aversion to growing old. We have an aversion to just letting things get dated. We, we do lots of things to our bodies to try and keep us young. We put Botox in our face. We're trying our best to reverse the ageing process. But Paul basically says that our fight against mortality, it's a losing battle. But here's the good news. As Christians, we have a living hope. We have a living hope. See, not only can your past be forgiven and your present managed, but your future can indeed be guaranteed. See, for the Christian, death is not something to be feared. It's a doorway to something bigger, something better and something greater. Paul says, although we're fading away outwardly, yet inwardly, we're being renewed day by day by day. And so he says to the Corinthians, Let's focus on what is unseen. You know, there's a lot of things happening in the world today. You turn on the news and it's pretty much COVID-19 everywhere. And the news isn't altogether good. And if we just focus on what we see, on what we can smell, on what we can taste and what we can touch, it's gonna lead to a state of depression, hurt and hopelessness. But Paul's saying, come on, Though that is a reality, there is a greater reality. And the greater, greater reality is that which is unseen. Paul says that this body is a depreciating asset, but our spirit, the inner man, the real you, the real me is an appreciating asset. And Paul says that one day we'll have a body to match our spirit, a body to match our soul, the kind of body that Jesus had after he rose from the dead. It was in the upper room that Jesus entered the room, which was interesting because the doors were locked. They were locked because they were afraid. They didn't want anyone coming in. And yet Jesus just made His way into that room. He had a new resurrection body that was able to walk through walls. And yet they could touch Him. Yet He was able to eat the food that they gave Him. This is the promise to the believer. This is the promise to you. And this is the promise to me. And Paul says, as a result, let's not give up. Let's not lose hope at this time because we have a God who is for us. We have a God who is able to help us in all of our circumstances and situations. He says, so don't throw away your confidence. We have a confident grace. We have an inclusive grace. And we have a grace that goes to every person in every circumstance and every situation. And it goes on for all time and eternity. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're presently facing right now. But I would count it a privilege this morning and an absolute honour to stand with you and pray for you that you would not give up and not lose heart 
and not lose hope. Let's pray, shall we? Father, I thank You that we do indeed have a living hope. And I pray today that we would find joy and that we would find peace and that we would find purpose in You. That we would not give up, that we would not give in and that we would not throw away our confidence. That we would know that our bodies, though wearing out, inwardly we are being renewed. And I ask and pray right here, right now, in Jesus' Name, You come and strengthen people everywhere at this time. And everyone at home, wherever you may be, said, Amen. Amen. Hey, maybe you've been listening to this message today and uh, you're feeling disconnected from God. You don't have a relationship with Him. You've never opened up your heart and life to accept Him into your life. The Bible says that if we would confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that He is Lord, He will come and He will be with us and He'll be there for us. Maybe there are some of you who like the prodigal son have walked away from God because of the circumstances, because of your situation, because of you facing some of the things that Paul was addressing in the Corinthian church. But the good news is you can turn around like that prodigal son and come home today. If you wanna be closer to Jesus, if you want Him to come into your heart, into your life, and you wanna receive Him today, I'd love to lead you in a prayer of salvation. And if that's you, why don't you just close your eyes and maybe everyone at home could just join in this prayer as we pray it together. Jesus, I thank You for loving me. I thank You for dying for my sins. I desire to know You more. I open my heart to You. I surrender to You. Forgive me of all of my sins and show me Your ways. Help me, Lord, to live for You in Jesus' Name. And everybody said, Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer today, either for the first time or as a recommitment to Jesus, we're so excited for you. And I'd love you to stay online and our online host, Susanna, will help you to take your next step. Church, thank you so much for joining us. Remember today, because of His resurrection, you can choose grace over guilt. Have an incredible week. And we look forward to seeing you in church online next week. Bye. Well, what an incredible message today from Pastor Tony. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, I just want to say congratulations and let you know that this is the best decision you'll ever make. At Victory, it's our heart to help you take your next step. So if you said yes to Jesus, we would love for you to let us know so that we can help you on this brand new journey. Hit the link in the comment section or head over to our This Weekend tab in our app and select I Said Yes. Here you can put in your contact details so one of our team can reach out to you this week. Alternatively, if you would like to receive prayer, please click on the I Need Prayer button in our app or use the link below. Your prayer requests go straight to our pastoral team so that they can keep you in their prayers. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. And remember, just because the service has ended doesn't mean church has. Our connect groups are the best way for you to stay connected to the people of Victory Church. Our groups have been meeting using many different online platforms so that even though many of us are currently in isolation, there's no need to be isolated during this time. If you're not yet in a group, please be sure to let us know so that we can help you find one that is just right for you. Remember church, we are better together. 
We look forward to connecting with you next week. I just want to love you. I just want to love you.